you've got a testimony, you better let people know about it because God has given you that testimony. How many is thankful for the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ever since that time, I've been driving. I'm not going to say I'm the best driver, but I've been driving. Been pl I played sports in high school, succeeded in high school and learning. I was able to see the board and all that stuff. But it was because I had a grandmother that nailed it into me. My parents nailed it into me. JT, even though things might not seem okay, you serve a God that can turn things around. How many believes he can turn it around tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I won't be long. I'm, I'm in Psalms 118, very familiar passage. Psalms 118, starting in verse 24. I'll read verse 24, verse 25. This is a very familiar verse of Scripture. Let's just all stand in here as we read it. Let's quote it together, can we? Psalms 118, verse 24. Y'all should know this. It says, This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's say this next one. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee. Send now prosperity. And let's just say that first verse one more time again, again together. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You can be seated. I'm just going to talk for a few moments tonight about this is the day. This is the day. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. God, we can do nothing without you, Lord. We are nothing and can do nothing without you, Lord. We ask that you would touch your hearts tonight, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have our confidence in you. Help us to know you, Lord, as the Apostle Paul said, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Lord, we thank you tonight for this wonderful service we've had so far, and we give you praise and glory. And everybody in here says, amen and amen. I want you to say those words. This is the day. Let's say it one more time. This is the day. We got to understand something. A lot of times we get discouraged with the shape that the world's in. A lot of times we get discouraged with the shape that the church is in. And a lot of times we look around and we get discouraged on these things and it just begins to dim the hope that we have in our heart. And what does the Bible say? If we don't have hope, we're most miserable. If we don't have hope, we're most miserable. Hope is a special thing. Hope is something that uh, we have in the Lord Jesus. Hope is something that we can have now even though things don't make sense. Hope is something that when all, everything else is going wrong, we can trust that God's going to turn it around and make it right. Hope is a special thing. And how many knows that the enemy wants to destroy that hope? He wants to discourage that hope. And just like we saying earlier, when we focus, and we talked about when we focus on things that we don't know, things that are unsure, things that uh, maybe we just can't understand, when we focus on these things, and make it the priority of our thinking and of our heart, then we're going to get discouraged. We're going to get confused. We're going to get anxious. And what, is, what does the Bible say? God's not given us a spirit of fear. But what? Power, love, and a sound mind. How many knows you can only have a sound mind when you can trust what you're thinking? 
I said, you can only have a sound mind when you can trust what you're thinking. The devil tries to get in our mind. Can we say he tries to get in our mind? He tries to make us think that things aren't going to work out. He tries to, again, he tries to discourage us. He tries to make us make us think that nobody's going to get saved. Uh, your, this service we're having, it ain't going to amount to anything. He tries to make us think, well, I can't feel the songs today that they're singing. Well, let me tell you something. We don't serve God. Let me just break something to you. We don't serve him based on feelings. I said we don't serve him. We don't worship him based on feelings. We worship him not based on feelings, not because we feel it, but we worship him in spirit and in truth. We worship him in the spirit, and we worship him because of the truth that we know tonight. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that we are given faith. Can we say faith tonight? Faith. And what does the Bible say? Now faith Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Boy, that's interesting. How can you have evidence when you don't see something? How can you have evidence when you don't feel something? When I touch this speaker right here, I've got evidence, and I'm touching it because I can feel it tonight. When I look at this podium, I've got evidence of it because I can see it tonight. When I listen to the music, I've got evidence that it's playing because I can hear it tonight. But God's trying to show us that our evidence that we're looking for, it's not something that we see. I'm going to preach on that just a second. It's not something that we physically see, physically feel, physically touch. God did not design things that we operate based on our senses. What's our senses? It's our sight. Our hearing, taste, sound, touch, smell. But, you know, we don't serve God on those things because a lot of times those things are not promising. What does the Bible say? That we don't walk by sight. We don't walk by sight what we see, but we walk by faith. And even though things might not look too promising in today's world, even though sometimes we get discouraged by the shape of the church, by the shape of the school, by the shape of the economy, all these things, we get discouraged by those things. Even though those things don't add up to what we do see, we can still stand here in in Connersville, Indiana tonight at PTC Ministries Chosen Youth and Young Adults Conference and we can say this is the day. I said we can still stand here tonight and say this is the day that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. Say it with me. This is the day. This is the day. You know, the Bible says that in Mark, when they had the Last Supper, my dad preached about this a couple Sundays ago, and it's been rolling around in my spirit. He said when they had the Last Supper, in Mark, he gives an account that when they stood up from the table to walk and go to the Garden of Gethsemane, they begin to sing a hymn. Think of that. They begin to sing a hymn. Jesus, listen, the disciples didn't really know what was coming next, but you better believe that Jesus knew what was coming. He constantly said, the hour uh, that I'm going to face, the time that I'm going to face in Jerusalem, it's not time yet, but then he began to say, it's time for me to go to the garden and face what's ahead of me. 
And in his darkest time, you better believe, listen, even though Jesus was God in the flesh, he still operated as a man. He still felt the uh, what was coming next. He knew it was going to be hard. He, he, wasn't just, he wasn't just going into this thing, just you know, not really caring what was going to happen. No, we see in the garden the prayer that he prayed. He said, Lord, if this cup can pass, let it pass. But if not, your will be done. He paid a price for us. How many is thankful for the price that he paid? How many is thankful for the nails that he took? How many is thankful for the stripes that he bore on Calvary? It was a hard price to pay, and it was the darkest time in his life. It was the hardest time. But even when he knew that time was coming, he stood up from the Lord's Supper and began to sing. He stood up in the darkest time of his life and began to praise and began to sing. And I believe he started saying, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. we got to understand something. We look forward to things that are coming, and that's a wonderful thing. And it's awesome to reflect on what God has done in the past. How many in here has heard awesome testimonies? How many has heard of revivals, things that God's done? And it's amazing things that God's done. And how many's looking forward to what God is going to do? Praise God. How many's looking forward to it tonight? I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. But we can't focus on what He has done and what He's going to do and forget about today. I said we can't focus on what He did all the time at Azusa Street. Those things were for a reason. We learn from those things. We learn from our testimonies. But we still focus not on what he's going to do later on either. We focus on those things too. But in order for us to get to tomorrow, we've got to live in today. Jesus, when he was talking about anxiety, he said, don't worry about tomorrow. He said, because today's troubles is sufficient enough for you to worry about. And one thing we've got to get, if we want to see God move in a mighty way, we've got to start saying, this is the day. I said, we've got to start saying, this is the day. It's easy to say he's going to do it tomorrow, but is anybody in here willing to say, this is the day? Is anybody in here willing to say, I know what he done yesterday, and I'm thankful for what he's going to do tomorrow, but I'm going to see him do something today in this service, in this camp, in this conference. This is the day. This is the day. When we get that in our spirit, when we realize that it's time for us to make that decision, to have faith today, they all, the, the old-time preachers would use that verse, now faith. They would say we need to have now faith, not faith in uh, what, later on or what happened, but we need to have faith today that God is going to do something today. Today, he wants us to trust him today. He wants us to have faith in him today. He wants us to make that decision today. We see it with the children of Israel. They had to focus on what they were facing in front of them. We see uh, that God, even though they were in the middle of battles and storms and tribulations, God is present. I said he's present. How many is thankful that God is in our past, he's also in our present, and he's also in our future? 
And let me tell you, even though you may, we may not understand what's happening now, you know what the Bible says? That he prepares a table for you in the midst of your enemies. In the midst of your enemies, in the midst of your battle, in the midst of what we're going through, there is a table that God wants us to sit down at, even though it might not look like it right now, even though it might not look like you're winning, even though the discouragement might be trying to seek into our hearts. We've got to sit down at the table today and say, this is the day. This is what God is doing today. He can deliver us today. He can heal us today. He can save us today. He can bring us through today. Let me tell you, it all starts when somebody decides to trust him now, today. My goodness, we can put stuff off, but you know that old saying is tomorrow never comes. It's always tomorrow. It's always tomorrow, and your tomorrow never comes, but it's time for us to focus on him today. I I started to think about having present faith, how important it is to have faith right now. I started watching uh, some of the videos of uh, Brother uh, Phil Russell shared when y'all were in Armenia, and he talked about uh, what great move that God was going to do, but that it was happening now. And he said, church, we've got to start believing him now. We can't put it off another day. Listen, the more we start putting it off and saying, well, it's going to happen tomorrow, the more we start saying, well, somebody will pay the price tomorrow, the more we start saying, well, we'll get in the prayer closet tomorrow, the more we start saying we're going to get consecrated to tomorrow, the more souls that are being lost today. And, and Brother Phil, uh, Pastor Ronnie's uh, brother was saying, God's doing something special right now. Right now he's doing something special, church. So I started to think of some passages of Scripture, and I heard a preacher talking about uh, Martha and, and, and Mary when they called Jesus when their brother Lazarus had passed away. Now, how many knows Jesus loved Lazarus? The Bible says that he wept. He wept when Lazarus passed away. It broke his heart. And and I believe God has a broken heart for the, the situation that we're facing, for the circumstances that we have. I believe he's broken for us. We need to get that brokenness. And Jesus came four, how many knows, four days. He came late to answer their call. Mary stayed home, but Martha met him. What did she say? She said, Lord, if you would have only, what, been here earlier, he would have made it. And Jesus looked at her and said, Martha, he's going to rise again. And then what did she say? She said, said, Lord, I know he's going to rise again in the resurrection. She said, Lord, if you would have only been here earlier, he would have made it. And I know that later on it's going to be okay. But what did Jesus say? He said, I am the resurrection. She was focused on what could have happened if Jesus was there. And then she was also okay with what was going to happen later on. But what Jesus wanted her to see is not what could have happened if he would have been there and not what was going to happen later on, but he wanted her to have faith in who he was today. 
He said, Martha, today I want you to trust me. Don't go on what could have happened. Yeah, I could have come earlier and he would have been healed. And yes, he's going to rise in the resurrection. But he wanted Martha to have present faith that he is the resurrection today. Church, we've got to have faith that today, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day. I think about a scripture when David saw, he saw when he went and numbered Israel, he saw an angel with a sword extended over Israel and a plague had came on the people of Israel. And David came to the threshing floor. And when he came to uh, the, the man that was over the threshing floor, Aruna, Aruna saw him coming, and he said, get everything ready, the king is coming. But David came, and Aruna said, everything that you need, king, to prepare a sacrifice. How many knows a sacrifice is not something easy? Come on. It's not something easy. But they were going to just give him the lamb that he needed to sacrifice, give him all the tools, just give it to him because he was the king. But David looked at Aruna and said, no. I cannot offer to my God that which costs me nothing. And when David was willing to pay the price, the plague was stayed over Israel. And let me tell you, that's still true today. I preached the message that there's a price to be paid for the plague to be stayed. If we want to see a great purchase, if we want to see a move of God in our generation, then we've got to decide that today I'm going to get serious. Today I'm going to get dedicated to Him. Today, listen, let me tell you something. When you start to pray, you will see God begin to move in your life. I learned when I started preaching, I thought I could just get up here and wing it. Well, the first time I preached the message, I had all these notes out. I had it all prepared. I even had in my notes where everybody was going to say amen. I had it wrote down right here. There's going to be a praise break. Right here, everybody's going to say amen. And when I got up there, nothing went like how I had it wrote down. And I was done in about five minutes. So I said, well, okay, this time I'm just going to not even prepare any notes. And I got up there, and I was like, what was I going to say again? And then I come to my grandmother, and she, she said, JT, listen, I'm going to tell you something that you've got to have for your walk with the Lord. If you want to see God move in your life and bring you closer to Him, then you've got to have a prayer life. The Bible says that what, what should we do? We draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to us. Then we, we submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and He will flee from us. If we can get serious about prayer, they talked about praying Tuesday. They talked about, listen to this, how God works. Uh, God had been dealing with me all week to pray over this meeting. And I decided that Tuesday was going to be the day that I was going to pray and fast on that day. And Jay texted me and he said, JT, I've got something I was going to tell you. The Lord had dealt with us to pray and fast on Tuesday. The same day that he had dealt with me for. And what, what that's an example of. It's not that I got the same plan that Jade had. Or that whoever had the plan for that. It's not that Jade got the same plan that I had. No, we got the mind of God. 
And if we want to see God move in our services, I'm just going to say it. We've got to start praying. We've got to start praying. We've got to start getting in a special place and start praying and saying, Lord, today I'm going to pray and I'm going to see you move in my life. I'm going to see you move. And listen, I love it when the musicians come back here and pray uh, before they get up here and sing. You know what that tells me? They don't just want to get up here to show off. They don't just want to get up here to entertain. They want to get up here to see God move in the worship. The only thing they've got on their mind is seeing God move in the song that they're singing. It's not about uh, the uh, how good the song sounds. They were worried, well, there was a new song we was going to sing, and how's it going to sound? Well, what makes the difference is when you pray and you see God move in the song. This is the day. So I started thinking, my goodness, we've got to get serious today. We've got to get serious about what God is doing today. Otherwise, it'll just jump on us like that spider jumped on me unaware and we'll be panicking I mean y'all y'all done know y'all I don't know how y'all are thinking about what I'm saying after seeing that video last night I'm trying not to praise the Lord because I do something crazy because y'all just gonna think of spiders on me up here but listen if we want to see God move in our generation we can't we can't just say well it's going to come eventually back in the 1900s it was their turn it, he mentioned Catherine Kuhlman he mentioned um, William Seymour was the spearhead of Azusa Street Revival at that time it was their turn it was their turn Austin to see a move of God It was their turn to see God touch that generation. And then things went on and there was Billy Graham. And Billy Graham saw souls saved all around the world. It was his turn. But now the ball has been passed to you and I. And it's our turn. It's our turn. It's not going to just go on and, and everything's going to be okay unless we take that ball. Listen, when, when I'm playing basketball or when we're playing football, they played football today. When I pass somebody the ball, I don't expect them to just catch the ball and stand there. Because if they just stand there, they're not going to make up any ground. No, when you catch the football, you start going forward as fast as you can. And let me tell you, Jesus said, work while it's still day. He said, be, uh, be watchful and be prayerful. Get, get a fire under you for the work of God. We've got to learn that we've got to catch it right now and go forward with it and say, today is the day. I'm not going to wait on it to come tomorrow. I'm not going to say, well, somebody will take over this thing tomorrow and get the ball moving. No, I'm going to say, I've got it in my hands now, and I'm going to do what I can with it. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to get in his word. I'm going to get dedicated. I'm going to lose some things. I'm going to deny some things. I'm going to say, Lord, I want more of you and less of me. This is the day. Say it again. This is the day. This is the day. Church, I'm going to tell you something. I'm telling you, I believe great things are in store for the future. I don't think God is going to come back for a weak church, but I think he's coming back, back, like the word says, for a glorious church without spot and wrinkle washed in the blood of the Lamb. I believe it's going to be 
when he comes back for his bride, it's going to be a head turner. It's not going to be a bride when you look and you say, oh, goodness. Come on now. It's going to be a bride that's going to be a head turner. It's going to be a bride that God has prepared, that he's moved in, that he's made beautiful. You know, when Isaac got Rebekah, Rebekah was willing to go down into the uh, ground and get the water and bring it up to the camels. She said, I'm going to do something today. I'm going to make a difference today. And then when she got on the horse to go back, the Bible says that Eliezer dressed her in rubies and jewels. And she went to meet her groom. That's a type of the church going to meet Jesus. I believe that he's going to dress the church beautiful before it meets him. I believe that he's going to make the church ready. And I believe that when this generation decides to say this is the day that we're going to see God begin to prepare his bride and make it beautiful, I I believe we're going to begin to see bondages fall from people's lives. I believe we're going to begin to see people delivered, people saved and healed. When we start saying this is the day, I'm going to close with this passage of scriptures. Uh, musicians, you can come back in just, just, a, just a second here. 2 Kings uh, verse seven, uh, chapter 7, verse 1 through 6. This is a very familiar story. Israel was in a state of spiritual declension. They had a king that was wicked that had sent them uh, on a backslidden condition and to the point where uh, they, they had nothing. They were starving. They were hungry for their next meal. They didn't know where they were going to get their next meal. And here they were, and here was this uh, prophet, Elisha, and he comes to the king, and he says, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. We've all heard messages preached. Tomorrow, about this time. We've heard messages with that title. How many's heard messages preached tomorrow about this time? And I'm telling you, just like I said, I believe that great things are in tomorrow for the church of the living God. I believe that. But listen, watch this, ver- this passage of Scripture. Elisha prophesied, and he said, Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then listen to this guy. The Lord whose hand the king leaned on. This was a guy that was, uh, had a position in the kingdom. He answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, or winders in heaven, might this thing be done? This guy doubted. He said, There's no way. He said, Elisha, I know you're saying that something good is going to happen tomorrow, but watch the, watch the attitude of this guy and how it contrasts with the next scripture. He said, I know that you're saying great things are going to happen tomorrow, but there's just no way. Even if God made a window in heaven, there's still no way that God could bring us out of this and turn, make something beautiful out of this brokenness. And all of a sudden in verse 3, we see a shift. And there were four lepers at the entering of the gate of the enemy. And they said one to another, Why should we sit here and die? There was a man, listen to this, this man was in the kingdom. He had the best clothes, the best conditions, lived in the best house, praise God. 
And he said, there's no way that God can move. And here sits four lepers. It doesn't say how long they had been sitting there, but I feel like they had been there for a while. If you were a leper, you were cast out from society. And here they were sitting outside of the gate, and they were sick and tired of sitting there in their leprous condition. They were sick and tired of sitting there just waiting to die. So they decided, fellas, I think we need to get up. Listen to this. What God was going to do tomorrow for Israel was predicated on what these four lepers were going to do today. Come on now. At the time that Elisha was prophesying and saying, this time tomorrow, God's going to turn things around. And at the very same time that this other man was saying, there's no way God can turn things around. At that very same time, there was four lepers that decided this is the day that God is going to turn things around. There was four lepers that said, today I'm going to decide to make a change. Today I'm going to stand up and say, what else do I have to lose? Why am I going to sit here and die today when I can stand up and go down to the enemy's camp and take back what they've stolen from us? They said, this is the day. I'm going to ask you all something and ask you a question. As they begin to sing, why, why not now? Why not now? Why not us? Why not our generation? Why not a move of God in today's generation? I don't know what they're going to sing, but we can't get, I wrote this down. We've got to be careful to not miss what God is doing today by always looking forward to what He's going to do in the future. Because let me tell you, He's doing something special today. He's already did something special today for you, sister. He's already gave, listen, we've already got a testimony that we can rejoice about that God brought them out of a car wreck that should have taken their lives. That happened today. This is the day that the Lord has made, church. This is the day. This, not tomorrow, but this is the day. This is the day. This is the day. This is the day. I'll tell you what I want us to do. I want you to think of something that you've been saying for a long time, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start to have a prayer life. I'm going to let go of this thing. I'm going to sacrifice something for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender myself more to you. I'm going to take this gift. Paul said, Timothy, I want you to stir up the gift. And this is what I wrote down in Prayer Tuesday. I said, God is going to stir up gifts in the Saturday night service. 
Listen, every single one of you have gifts that God has given you. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you feel comfortable getting up here in front of everybody. You've got a gift. And I wrote down that God was going to stir up gifts tonight. I will rejoice. I will rejoice. And be glad. We're going to rejoice today. Can we sing it? I will rejoice. I will rejoice. And be glad. How many is going to say, This is the day tonight? This is the day. This is the day. Listen, I'm not going to wait any longer, but today is the day I'm going to stand up and make a change. And I'm going to say like those lepers, why sit here and die any longer? This is the day that I'm marching down to the enemy's camp. This is the day that I'm going to get serious. This is the day that I'm going to start praying. This is the day that I'm going to start seeking. This is the day that I'm going to start asking. This is the day that I'm going to start believing. This is the day that I'm going to start being obedient. This is the day that I'm going to start to worship. This is the day that I'm going to start to forgive. This is the day that I'm going to start to stand strong. This is the day that I'm going to start to have courage. This is the day. Let's just all stand all over this place. Oh, this is the day. This is the day. Oh, this is the day. Hang on just one second. Hallelujah. Listen to this church as they're playing softly. The Lord said in Isaiah, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God is going to lift up a standard against it. You know, the Greek says this. We say like when the enemy comes in like a flood. But this is what the Greek points to. When the enemy comes in, stop it right there. And then it says like a flood, the Spirit it's going to lift up a standard. And let me tell you something. The enemy is trying his best to stop what God is doing. But do you want to know what the standard is? It's not the Spirit. The Spirit is going to lift up. The st- it's going to be by the Spirit. Everything we do is by the Holy Spirit. It's not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit. But he's going to lift up a standard. And that standard that's going to rise up against the enemy is going to be the Spirit-filled church. And I want to just ask you tonight, if you want to say, Lord, I want to be a part of that standard. I'm going to say, this is the day. I just want us to get around these altars and start declaring that. Start laying things down. Just like Abraham, when he had to lay Isaac down, he had to obey today. I just want us to come around this front. They're going to sing whatever they feel led to sing. We're going to cry out, Lord, this is the day. In this generation, you're going to touch us. In this generation, we're going to see you move today. Let's just gather around these altars and say, this is the day. This is the day. This is the day, hallelujah.
Oh, this is the day. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining.